Hello and welcome to your Liverpool Echo Blood Red podcast. I'm Neil Jones, standing in for Ian Doyle. It's uh, International Week, so it's all quiet, but it's not in here because I've got three guests with me. I've got our full-time Liverpool reporter, home and away, James Pearce. I've got Joe Rimmer and I've got Christian Walsh as well. And we're here to do a little bit of a quarter season report on the Reds. Um, top of the table going quite well so I think there should be plenty to talk about we're also going to look at the, the January transfer window and what if anything Liverpool need to do during that so I'm going to start with James like I've just said there going quite well are you a uh, pleasure to cover the club at the moment? Yeah it certainly is yeah it's um, you know, it's, it's just been an, an absolute pleasure to to be there every step of the way so far because I think it's fair to say it's exceeded everyone's expectations I think you know I must admit when the fixtures came out you, you thought you know that it's, it's really it's going to be a huge test on the, on, especially on the back of you know a major championships in the summer where players were coming back late and um, you know it was you know, it couldn't have been any more difficult could it the, the fixtures Liverpool have been faced with so to to find yourself at this stage was it twenty twenty six points out of thirty three um, is I, I think um, you know Liverpool, Liverpool have overachieved so far and I think they've made people stand up and take notice of them. Um, you know, that just you know, there's only been one game really you could point to and say the performance was poor, and that was at Burnley. Um, apart from that, standards have been very high, um, and you know they deservedly lead the way. There's no, you know, there's no, been no luck attached to that. They've been the best team in the Premier League so far. The squad looks very strong, um, all completely bought into what Klopp has asked from them. They all know their roles. You can see there's a real belief in the way they're playing, and. Um, yeah, it's just you know everything you know the, the the foundations are in place for this to be a, a really exciting season. Yeah, only once in the Premier League history they've started the season with more points. Uh, that was in two thousand and two three. Christian, I know you're you're very much on the the believer bandwagon mm-hmm. if you like. Um, are people right to be on that 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 bandwagon and sort of believe in the why not? Yeah, most definitely. You you look at every sort of metric that you can measure it by. You look at every statistic out there, and and Liverpool are a serious football team this season. You point towards two thousand two, two thousand three. I know you looked at what happened last yeah. time. And it all went a bit pizza yeah. on, to be honest. We, won't, we don't want to talk too much no, about no, that. No, no, no. But, but I think the point the point is about that is that Liverpool was sort of scraping wins here and there. They were they were niggly one nil wins. They were they were just getting through, just getting by. This Liverpool team are a good value for, for for their 26 points so far. To be honest, it could be it could be 28, it could be it could be 30. Uh, you know, I, I think they were the best side against Tottenham, uh, and Mane's goal was for me wrongly disallowed. I don't think it was offside. I think it was marginal at the very least. It goes on another day. It could go towards them. Um, they were the best side there. On another day, David de Gea doesn't pull out a wonder save from Philip Coutinho, and there's there's another one. Even Burnley, you know, it happens where these sorts of games happen where you can see them in the, in the first couple of couple of minutes just throws your game plan out the window yeah. you know we see exactly how meticulous they are when they go into these games so uh, you know they could easily be on 30 points at the moment they could be on 33 you know the, the, <laughs> the way the season's been going they're, they're, they're having more shots than any other team they're having shots in dangerous positions they're not conceding that many chances even though obviously the defence is still a bit of a worry in the sense that they can see yeah. a lot of goals but they're not, cons- they're not letting off, letting up a lot of big chances as well. Just every sort of box so far has been ticked. And as I say, you look at even even oh eight oh nine, he started very very well. Um, but that was a, they were grinding wins, and I think you know you remember the they used to win last minute. Last minute, time, I think it was with the Wigan game, wasn't there? At the home Man City, and Man City yeah. Cows got a captain. Middlesbrough yeah. home as well. It was all very sort of you know yeah. just clinging on by by your fingernails, whereas. 
this team have been pretty dominant, and I think, as James said, they've been by far the best team, you know, footballing team in in, in the league, and, and yeah. it, it, you know, it it really does bode well for the rest of the season. Joe, what, what what were you, what were your thoughts heading into the season? Where did you, if you'd have said after eleven games, where would you want to, a best case scenario seeing Liverpool? Obviously, best case scenario would be top of the league. Yeah. In terms of a, a sort of a realistic scenario, where would you have wanted Liverpool to be after eleven? Just games? in and around the top four, and I think yeah. I think most people would have got along yeah. with that. You know, you just wanted them to stay in touch. Uh, I think with no European football, there was always that sort of glimmer of hope that maybe that they would challenge and and get involved like they did in thirteen fourteen. But <laughs> this has blown everyone away. I was just looking at my phone then at a stat because it's the goal scoring that I think has blown most people away this season. And Opta Joe tweeted before that they've scored forty goals in fourteen games in all competitions. It's their best tally after fourteen games in one hundred and twenty-one years. Which is right. abs- absolutely yeah. ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Dave Prentice used to used to cover that side. But but it it's it's fascinating, isn't it? And, and the goal scoring to, to be able to go anywhere and score a goal, it's it's the it is um, a sign of a, a league a league champion side and, and you know, it means that any away trip, you look at this trip to Southampton, a trip that I think in the past Liverpool fans have been looking at thinking, oh, you know, yeah. oh, no, Southampton yeah. away, it's difficult there, I'd take a point. But now they go and score four at Crystal Palace, so what, what, what's stopping them going and scoring four at Southampton? They, they just look so dangerous in all areas. And um, yeah, and I'm a, bit, I'm a big believer in momentum, and this side's got a lot of momentum behind it. Um, yeah. And I think now, you know, as long as they stay in touch, they'll be challenging up towards yeah. the end of the just season. Just going on to the goal score, same with the goal score, and this is about Daniel Sturridge or Divock Origi getting the league goal this <laughs> yeah. season. Yeah, they've got Percy. It's not yeah. in the in the Premier League, and and Sturridge and Origi haven't scored. They're, they're not really playing, to yeah. be honest. They, you know, Sturridge started a couple. I don't think Origi started a, a league game so far this season. He's been limited yeah. to the cup. But at least they're weighing in in all the competitions. You know, yeah, they're both weighed in the league. And, cup. and also, you, you look at Daniel Sturridge coming off the bench on mm. Saturday, Sunday, sorry, with the game dead, buried. But he didn't come off the bench a half pace. Did he? he didn't come off no, the bench no. thinking, oh, I've been left out. You know, he came off the bench yeah. looking like someone who who is trying to. Contribute, however he can, into the into the team team ethic. Yeah, and I, th- I think I think Klopp's got to take a lot of the credit for that. Cause I think probably one of the most difficult things as a manager is trying to keep those players happy and hungry yeah. that aren't playing every week. And Brendan Rodgers used to talk about it as you know, during that title challenging season as well about you know it is difficult when players aren't involved every week. But you, when you speak to those players that are on the fringes, there isn't a hint of kind of animosity or. You know, feeling left out or anything. I think Klopp has been a master at making. He's very much, you know, so much is is about the the group and everyone having a contribution. And I'm sure he'd have been in, you know, Sturridge's ear, Origi's ear, um, and saying, you know, there's going to be a time this season when you're going to be a really, really important player for me. And you don't even have to look too far ahead, do you, to see that time when you think, obviously, with Ings now out for the season, Mane missing probably for the whole of January and maybe the first week or so of February. Those two players are going to be going to be so so important to Liverpool. Yeah, I, I, the other thing I, that was one of the failures of Rodgers, in my opinion, towards the end of his time, that he he moved in and out so many players yeah. that even when he was moving them back in, they were still sort of reeling from being moved out. And yeah. Klopp, I think that one of the first things he he did was sort of, or sorry, the, the features of the first few months was that he gave everyone at the club a chance from from top to bottom. Literally, everyone yeah. got at least some minutes. So he. he I don't think anyone could have any arguments about that. Um, in terms of in terms of players, now we're talking about players in the first quarter of the season. We know obviously about the front four, but who have been the players for you that have have 
have stepped up their game this season and put Liverpool at the top of the table? I mean, in, in terms of players stepping up, um, you know, I suppose the one who was there already, who's played a big, big part so far, would be James Milner, who, you know, someone I, I, I certainly didn't look at him and think he would be a fantastic yeah. left back. Certainly Liverpool. not at Burnley when we went through <laughs> no. Burnley as well. No, and he, you know, he, I mean, he is. It's testament to him more than anything else, really, because you know I, I remember speaking to him on the pre-season tour, and it was he, I think he, the day before he'd had the conversation with Klopp, where Klopp had kind of cornered him and said, "Look, this is my plan for you this season. What do you think?" And, and he said, you know, he was very honest. He basically just said, well, "I'd be lying if I said I was happy about playing left back." You know, yeah. I, I came here to to play centre midfield, but he said, "You know, team comes first. If you think that's where I'm best, you use to benefit the team, then so be it." And you know, he's been an absolute revelations so far uh, this season um, you know I, I think obviously the, 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 the attacking front four uh, have secured a lot of the plaudits and, and rightly so because they, they've just been absolutely lethal um, as an attacking force so far um, but I mean and then you, you know, Jordan Henderson you know the, his yeah. complete kind of reinvention as a holding midfielder well, you know what I, a masterstroke that, that if, I, if I bring up that going back to that Burnley game he was, he was we, terrible. He was terrible, but I, we, I covered the, the press conference afterwards and I, I can recall Jürgen Klopp being almost, almost door-stopped into sort of, why aren't you buying a central midfield player? Yeah. You know, because, because of the way Jordan Henderson had played that day. And if you look back now, that's what, nine, nine league games ago, <laughs> the difference is, is, is staggering. It really is, yeah. I mean, he, he did really, really struggle that day. And I think he had one. Of, it didn't help the fact that he was surrounded by so much mediocrity because Klopp still, still absolutely adamant that Liverpool played well that day at Burnley. Yeah. Because he thinks it was just a case of the final, the final ball. ball. But it, yeah. <laughs> I, I never. Got, I've sat through <laughs> um, every minute yeah. of that. I, I can't have it that Liverpool played well because they didn't. But it, I think, and Jordan, he had one of those days where I think he was, he was tr- desperately trying to make up for what he'd just done wrong, and then he was trying too hard and trying to force things yeah. and. Things were just unraveling, um, but you know everyone was poor that day. He shouldn't be singled out for any criticism. But you know the, the transformation in him from that from that play. You know he got so much stick. You know yeah. you think about still does, social media still was like that in a way, day, doesn't it? But, but I think I think slowly people are coming around to it now, and they like it. I thought even last weekend against Watford, I thought he was absolutely brilliant yeah. that day. Like he was. He was he was just as important to that win as any of the the front four um, with the way that he you know never let Watford settle just was always onto them shutting down space and forcing them into into making mistakes and you know I think we've touched upon it before in the pod that you know, I, I certainly didn't see yeah. Jordan Henderson as being a holding midfielder for Liverpool but it's it's working and he's and not only is it working he's he's absolutely flourishing in that role and he, now he looks at home in it. And you know, obviously, it was a position that you know, Emery Chan played at times last season. Now Klopp, so he's obviously made the decision that he wants Chan utilised further forward. You know, and even that is you know reaping the rewards yeah. with you know he hadn't scored a I don't think he'd scored since February, and now he's not he's got back to back Premier League goals. Yeah. Joe, we've had conversations in the office about Adam Lallana during yeah, this time in yeah. Liverpool, and I think we, we we shared an opinion that we both liked him as a footballer, but you wanted more tangible product from him. I think he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's he's shown that this season, hasn't he, in, in more ways than one. Yeah, he's great. I mean, uh, the way he's come on this season, I think it was always there, and I think last season that he, he was certainly a big part of it. But I think this year, with better players around him and with the form of the players around him, I just think that he's stepped it up another notch. And um, if he can add, if he can keep adding those goals, I think he's got three so far. But yeah. you know, if he wants four assists, as well. need, yeah, and for, he wants to finish the season on at least ten and ten, does he really? And, and but 
in terms of the way he plays, he just seems to be the one that connects that, that yeah. midfield. I know that's been said a lot, it's a bit of a cliche, but he does, you know, he, he picks the ball up. Suddenly these turns and stuff that he did, which at the start of his Liverpool career looked a bit fancy and looked a bit needless, now seem to be moving Liverpool quickly and putting them on the front foot when they win the ball back. And I think that's what it's about with this Liverpool side. It's all about speed, isn't it? It's all about getting the ball and moving it quickly, getting forward. And uh, and he's been a big part of it. Um, yeah, I think I think Liverpool have really sped things up in the middle of the park because yeah. you look at those three and Liverpool talking about Jordan Henderson in, in a defensive role. I think we've been used to seeing slower players like Lucas, like mm-hmm. Chan, players who are very yeah. good with, with perhaps positionally. But but I think with Henderson in there, you get a bit more zip, don't you, across yeah. a couple of you yards. Change, you can change the play yeah, as well, can't you? Yeah. He's got a good range. And he can intercept things well. You know, I didn't think that would suit his natural game and the way that he plays, but I think it has done. And I think you know that, that's why people like Klopp are such geniuses, because they see those sort of things, don't they? Yeah. You, you can see why he got rid of Joe Allen in the summer. For, for as much as a good player yeah. Joe Allen is, you can, you can you look at the way Liverpool are playing now and you go, there's no way Joe Allen could yeah. have kept Jordan up with Dive. these legs. There's another one Jordan I, I, I would think. So to play down, down for a winger, strangely. You know, yeah. it's... it's, yeah. it's Obviously, Ben Seke we know about, but it, it becomes clear that even if you sort of didn't necessarily agree with him selling these players, now the way this plan has been in his mind, no doubt from yeah. you know March, April last 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 season, and he's known exactly what he's wanted in the summer. Obviously, he's wanted a couple of other players and didn't quite get them, but in in general, it's just it's a real so it's good to see Liverpool have such an identity and such a the, the thing about them at the moment is they. It doesn't feel like Liverpool are just playing to form. It feels like this is their level now, if you see what I mean. It, it, it's not like Coutinho's just on an absolute world. He sort of streak, and it's not like Lallana's could possibly you know, disintegrate and become the player that he was under Rodgers in 2014. This feels like this is their level now, and in fact, that they've maybe got another level to go up to. Yeah. Well, that, that's what I was going to move on to, was, was, you know, we get a little bit of stick, don't we, for being too excitable or too too sort of over the top it's only November and it's only 11 games and things like that is there anything that Liverpool still have to prove in terms of a type of performance they have to deliver or a type of game they have to win is is there any is there a box left to be ticked other than other than yeah. sustaining it over the the, for, the the course of of a season no i don't think i don't think there's any particular test they need to pass that's different to what they've faced already i think i think they've faced a lot of different challenges in that opening 11 games and you know, obviously winning at Arsenal and um, and then the you know the performance down at Chelsea, people said, you know, oh, but they, they can do it in the big games, but you know, wait to the. Well, well how about know. how about pressure of of leading? Yeah, do you know, I think that's I think that's probably the because someone said to me the day, what do you think the weaknesses are? And I said, well, in terms of comparable to the other teams that are up there, and I think well, that's probably the the only one that kind of concerns me is. How do they handle being top? Yeah. How do they handle being in the race? And I think it's different now. I don't think I don't think anyone's going to be feeling the pressure yeah, now. Yeah, in the new like, year. So yeah, I mean, you get sure with the Rodgers team. The new that I think it did change when they got to March and they yeah. were, they were they were top of the table. I think that the, it did tighten up a little. Yeah, bit, and it? I think I think that's going to be that's going to be the big thing. You know, how do they handle that? Because they haven't got many players who have who have been there before. Um, you know, it's probably where you know, say Liverpool and City were were neck and neck in March. You'd say that that. It's probably an ad- advantage that City would have, but I think that's where Klopp, you know, will come into his yeah. own because you know he's. It, it's not new to him, you know. He, I, I know he's obviously not been in a Premier League title race before, but he's, he's he's been there in Germany. He knows what it takes. He knows, you know, it was it was just quite funny listening to him last weekend when he was desperately trying to play down the significance of going top, 
um, you know, it, was, it almost sounds like you know he's turned doubters into believers, and now he wants them to be doubters again. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, so you can you can understand why he was wanting to play it down. But you know, I, I don't, I don't. People, people say, oh, defensively, Liverpool is suspect, and and there'll be a time when they can't score three or four every week that they're going to have to keep clean sheets. And you know, I think Liverpool have conceded more goals than Middlesbrough in the league this season, and people will point to that. But then I just, I just think with the way that the attacking brand of football they play. I think, and Klopp doesn't agree with this. I think he 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 still thinks Liverpool should be keeping clean sheets, but I think they are going to lead goals just yeah. because well, the, Leicester they, conceded more at this stage last season than Liverpool. Is have, that right? Yeah, yeah like yeah. three or four more as well. So it, it's not irreparable. No, no. I think December will be a massive test for Liverpool. I think once you get out of this routine of game full week game and you get to December and for example I think they've got, yeah, they've got West game, Brom they've got West Brom on the uh, not West, West Ham on the Sunday Christmas is a little bit better for no this it year than it was last it's, it's sort of 27th and, and New Year's Eve New Year's Eve four days yeah, and then yeah. the FA Cup where you can yeah. oh, sorry they've got Sunderland and then the FA Cup so it's yeah. not as bad um, but I think it's it's one of those where you know, Firmino runs his runs his socks off against West Ham, and you're looking at him for the for the trips to Middlesbrough for three days later, and you're just going, well, what do we do with him here? You know, do we, do we bring storage in? It's just about not. I think the way Klopp's got this team playing at the moment, and certainly the way it's set up, you you can put a player into a certain position, and they will fulfil that requirement. Yeah. It's not about individual talent necessarily; it's about how they function as a team. So I'd have no qualms with, say, Divock Origi coming in for Sadio Mane at the moment or Daniel Sturridge coming in for Roberto Firmino and, and that sort of thing. But when the game just bogged down and it gets to Christmas and you've, well, not Christmas, but sort of mid-December and you've got Middlesbrough and you've got the, obviously the derby and that sort of, that rhythm and heavy pitches and, and cold weather and, you know, it, it does, should make a difference, but I think it does sometimes. It's just how how do they adapt to that and you know yeah. those those quick sorts of games because they definitely are benefiting from from no Europe at the moment and, and they're benefiting from time on the training ground with Klopp. But that's exactly what we were saying earlier, isn't it? About the squad, that's when the likes of Sturridge and Origi yeah. will need to will need to come in and they will Wine need Alden. to chip in. Wine Wine Alden. Alden. The other one I was going to say was Milner. He's is left back, obviously. But if, if Moreno plays left back, you've got Milner to play. Yeah, if you if you want him to play right wing or, or centre midfield. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But you've got a squad there and you've got a squad of decent players. You know, I'm not a massive fan of Marino, but then at Palace, yeah. attacking wise, he did very well, didn't he? You know, he was he was well involved there. So it's not it's not a terrible shame if Milner comes out and he comes in. You can move things around and around Christmas time they're gonna have to and, and that's where title winning teams will get something out of those players. I think hitting the front will help Liverpool as well. I'm not saying it'll it'll guarantee a Premier League title for them, but and obviously this is only based on what's happened previously with different squads, different players, different managers, but you think back to 0809, you think back to 2013-14, I wrote about this last week in, in the sense that they they sort of came into the title race late on, and I think the enormity and the magnitude of what they were on the verge of achieving sort of hit home, and they just tightened up that, that little bit. I'd say both them squads as well were a lot thinner. Yeah, I think the 0809 team it was a very good team, but I think there was a clear gap, wasn't there? Yeah, when yeah. You, I remember that Elzar, Elzar game, the Elzar, Elzar game was yeah. in Gorgon and Elzar, wasn't it? When yeah. Keane was sold. So I suppose this is a, a better prepared squad, if you like, for, for the title. And you, and you can, you know, it's, it's not just physical sometimes, it's mental. You might see a player in training over, over the course of the week, and you might look at them and go, not quite sure. Is it's not necessarily that he's not, you know, he's not trying, but his head's maybe he's not in the game for this for this game. You know, I remember you'd watch that 2013-14 season towards the end of it, and this is no way to, to to single him out. But there was a couple of real moments from Lucas towards the end. I think the Norwich foul, and he just, he'd come on the pitch and he just sort of 
he was visibly so nervous, and that which is yeah. strange because he's one of the most experienced players. Uh, but he was so nervous, and having a bigger squad gives you that. You know, you you just sort of sit on the bench this week and, and you know relax your brain a little bit. And you know, I know that sounds sounds a bit ridiculous, but <laughs> sounds uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, what they don't want is they don't want to sort of be thrust into something come come uh, March and April, and then and then the enormity hits them. If they can sort of just get accustomed yeah. to the situation they're in, it won't be as bad come yeah. the end of the season. Well, I'll make another point as well is we we go on and on. Liverpool haven't got that distraction. You've still got, you know, Arsenal going for a Champions League top, and they want to top the group. Mm-hmm. So that so there's still two rounds of Champions League games left. If you can build an advantage by the time, you know, they're out of that Champions League group for a couple of months, and then have it when they go back in, I think, I think that could be a key thing. And I think I, I would also put Chelsea in that because I was at Stamford Bridge for the Everton game on Saturday, yeah. and I thought they looked really good. And I, and you, you sort of look back and you see Chelsea as a Champions League club, and you think. Hang on, they've got no Europe either. They've got a week between every every um, every match. They've got a good manager there who's, who's drilling them. So I think Liverpool and Chelsea have got a big chance to to steal a march if they can have a good a good winter. And by the time it gets to February, they could actually they could actually be in a position of five points clear and a free midweek, which you know I think everyone would take that, wouldn't they, at this stage? Do you think Chelsea are the major threat now? Or do you sort of think it's Man City? I still think both. I think City City are the favourites for me, but I think Chelsea will be. Will be very, very close. To be honest, I think if they, if they if they keep Hazard and Costa fit, especially, I think they. Yeah, will, they, I don't think their squad's as deep as Liverpool's. Is it? I don't think I don't think I'd swap Liverpool's bench for their bench. No, no. I mean, they brought on. I'm just trying to think. They brought Batshuayi, Oscar, and Terry off the bench at, at the it's weekend, bad, which is not bad. <laughs> not bad. But then you're right. Like in terms of Batshuayi, Origi, you know, yeah. Batshuayi, yeah. you still have Daniel Sturridge there. Yeah. You've got you know Liverpool. Liverpool have you know no. Dejan Lovren at the weekend did the wine albums on the bench. So yeah, it's kind of like Klopp in the sense that he's done a good job of keeping everyone happy there. Yeah. They all seem Even to be Victor part Moses. of it. Well, exactly. Yeah. They all seem to be part of it, and he seems to be able to keep players coming off the bench and, and happy. But I think for a club like Liverpool, more than any other club they're competing against, perhaps the exception of Arsenal because they've struggled recently. But psychologically, it's a big thing to try and win this league because you think about the the, the run-ins of that 0102, 0809. Maybe the exception of 0102. 0809, no, I'm 13, 14. You'd take their run-ins every single day of the week. They, 0809, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they dropped two points from February onwards. It was against Arsenal in the 4-4. Yeah, four, yeah. four. Exactly, and, and 13, 14, they won what? like 12 or 14. 12 or 14 games. Yeah. So it's not like that they cracked under the pressure. Yeah. All right, yeah. I know there was that game against Chelsea, but it yeah. was earlier that it You're cost right. them. So I think... They just need a bit of luck, Liverpool. You need to get in a season where, like Leicester had last year, where your challenges just don't put it yeah, together. And when you, you, your key players don't get injured as well. Yeah, I mean, exactly. you know, Leicester had Mares, Vardy, Vardy. Um, you know, drink water, Schmeichel yeah. for the whole season, didn't he? And I, and I think you find if you can win a title, then all the titles could follow because then you, your players will will believe and the pressure will come off. I know, I know, I'm not getting it. But I just mean in terms of how, how psychologically difficult it is for, yeah. someone, for Liverpool yeah. to win the title because the pressure comes from everything, doesn't it? The fans yeah. get very excited and, and, you know, if you lose it and you get so close. I mean, do any other clubs go on about their near misses like, like Liverpool do? Yeah. You know, those seasons like 13, 14, 08, 09, people don't stop thinking about because you think, oh, if only here and there. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I think also instead of looking forward, just look back a moment in the, in the sense that it's amazing how things can change so quickly. That that fixture list when it came out in June, everyone looked at it and went, "Oh my god, 
That is awful. Now it's a massive benefit to Liverpool because yeah, yeah, they're over yeah. the worst of it and they are top of the league. Yeah. I mean, I think I saw a study saying Liverpool about the second hardest start out of every club in the Premier League. That's based on if you take away the points. Um, if you take away, I, I'm not even going to try and explain it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've started now. You've started. <laughs> so okay, so basically, if you take away, if you if you look at the, the opponents that Liverpool have had this season, if you take away the results against Liverpool. And look at the relative, like how many points they've had throughout the rest of the ten games. Right. They've they they are they've they have accumulated, of, they've yeah. accumulated plenty yeah. of. So basically, they played Arsenal. Yeah. Who were who were yeah. top? They played Chelsea. Who were fourth? Yeah. They played Manchester United. United who were well, the, even Watford yes, on Saturday. They played Watford when they were seventh in the table. Exactly. So yeah. that's yeah. so basically Liverpool and Swansea. Funnily enough, but. Um, yeah. So they've done slightly less well. Yeah, they? Not, <laughs> not quite as well with the hard fixture list, but so it just that is a big a big thing because you know I know Klopp's not talking about it. I know he's saying he's not talking about it, but there's got to be, the players there have got to think we've got over the first little bump here. We, we you know we 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 banging this title race and we've had such a hard start. Yeah, well, we all we all done it this week. We did, the Echo did a, a series of articles, sort of looking back on the first eleven league games or the first fourteen games in all comps, and we were asked for our player of the season. We all had sort of different opinions on that. We won't, we won't waste too much time on that. But in terms of moments of the season, I mean, we, we've you know, we've all we've all been at various games this season. We've all seen seen various games. But uh, what would be the standout moments for you? And and I mean, in terms of they don't have to be necessarily a, a goal or a, a win, but just things that have made you think, ah, right, Liverpool are getting things right here. You know, I'll I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what. I'll start with one. Um, Jordan Henderson's celebration against Chelsea for me <laughs> was one that, that I've never. He, he's very good at celebrations, isn't he, Jordan? You know, he, he loves he loves a good jump and a swear, doesn't he? And he's always very um, very passionate. But I think that one seemed to me to have a, a bit of extra meaning because maybe because it was a night game at Stamford Bridge and it was. He had a bit of stick. Yeah, he had a bit of stick, and it was it was it wasn't just a big goal; it was a great goal, and it was the sort of contribution that. People who doubt Jordan Henderson say that he can't make. It was a captain's goal, wasn't it? Cap- yeah, it was captain's performance. Yeah. Well. It was yeah. made sweet by the fact that the, the, the stadium announcer had been slagging him slagging off. Slagging him off. Yeah. 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 Christian exactly. had been getting on the air. Yeah. Yeah. Who was the other one? He didn't like. He didn't like Jordan Henderson no. and William. 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 Two so, players you know, he doesn't like. Good company to keep. Him, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Saying. yeah. He, and uh, I think he got a bit of a leg squeeze when uh, when Jordan Henderson put that in the top. Even the uh, even the afterwards because obviously we we were down there at Stamford Bridge. The, the celebrations afterwards where the fans stayed yeah, behind. Yeah, was singing the Manny song. Singing the Manny song. But there were about two hundred of them just stayed and kept on singing yeah, it. Rattling the rattling the horns and. That felt like a bit of a moment in the sense that, that, that like these fans, I know, oh, yeah. it's it's always your year and all that, but they actually enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So much they they haven't enjoyed much at all. They haven't had much to enjoy um, until Klopp came over the past sort of eighteen months or whatever. Obviously, the Europa League was a, a, a bit of an entity on its own, wasn't it? That was sort of in in a microcosm. But this season, they've had so many moments where yeah, it's just football's fun again for them, and I think that's reflected in the crowd and yeah. It, that was a moment, I think, after the Chelsea game where they thought, we're, we're actually quite a good football team here. It wasn't sort of opening weekend look against Arsenal. It wasn't, yeah. you know, sort of battering Leicester at home. This is going to a serious football team and putting in a proper performance. Any for you? I think my favourite one probably so far was Mane's goal at Arsenal. Uh, the piggyback? Um, yeah, and the celebration. I'm going to say this. I was, I was at, a, I was at a, a family function that day, so I was keeping my breast to Twitter and I... 
did, we had a, they had a feed on in the corner. It was about five minutes behind the game, and I was on Twitter, and I just saw a tweet from James Pearce saying, Mane is piggybacking on the back of Jurgen Klopp." I, just, I said to someone, "I said, I think it's, I think it's four-one." It, it was just a brilliant moment because it was like, like first of all, you had obviously the quality of the goal where he's picked up the ball wide on the right, and you think they've doubled up on him. No way, no way through there, and just the the amazing ability and pace to get away from both of them, and then. The, the left-footed finish is just absolutely yes, outrageous. outrageous. And then, and then it was just because Klopp was just below us where, where the press area was, and you just saw Klopp like <laughs> like went went as if he was going to go on the pitch, and then turned his back and was tapping his back <laughs> to Mane as if to say, "Come on, come on, get, get on board." <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and you know what to do. Yeah, and it was and Mane just you could see he thought, "Oh, well, if he if he told me I've got to jump on his back." <laughs> the um, and then I think afterwards, kind of Klopp touched upon that he, he said, you know, we celebrated too much. It was, you know, it was because yeah. then suddenly Arsenal had a really good spell. Off, <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly Liverpool were clinging on a bit. But yeah, that would be the one for did me. Did anyone get a leg squeeze when that one went in? They did actually. I'm trying to think who was. was it Doyle, yeah, it was Andy Kelly. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a chunky thigh to squeeze. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't ignore that, Andy. Ignore that. He doesn't mean it. Joe, anything for you? What stands out? Uh, same game, Coutinho's free kick. Yeah, it was just right before half time. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd come back from a stag do that day, so I was feeling a bit sorry for myself. Bit hungover and that bad, know, was Liverpool, it? <laughs> Liverpool had, hadn't started too well, and, and you're just getting the feeling like maybe this fixture list is going to be a bit too yeah. much for them, and maybe all those sort of, you know, those dreams that fans have over the summer about oh maybe no Europe this year, you can yeah. put it together. No, it wasn't really going to happen. The Emirates has always been a tough place to go for Liverpool, and. It just felt like maybe it was going to be a step too far, and then he steps up, and, and I think that that goal's almost been forgotten because of how good the Mane goal yeah. was. But if you look at that again, That's it couldn't outrageous. be any more into the top corner. It's outrageous. And it's he'd, a been, great he'd been poor as well until yeah. that point that and, day. And it was just yeah. a moment of such class and quality, and um, it kind of made Liverpool go, oh, "All right, you know, we're in this." And then they came out for the second half and did what they did. But it's it's been like for Coutinho that was you know his his moment from the season and he's just kicked on from there and you know he's sort of led the way hasn't he the rest of the season but um, yeah it was just they needed someone to step up to the plate and it was a moment of just sheer sheer class yeah yeah I know Andy Kelly's favourite goal in that game was the uh, the Coutinho second goal because he's obviously Mr Contrary and he likes to tap in. Yeah, he wants yeah. Coutinho in the six yard box putting him in, but yeah, he's off his head. Him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to move on. We're going to talk transfers because I know everyone, all the Twitter, all the Twitter Liverpool fans love to talk about transfers. Um, I'll st- I'll start off by saying most Januarys when January comes around. Liverpool fans are sort of rubbing their hands together, hoping for four or five signings. They want this guy, they want this guy, they want a left winger, they want a centre half, they want a centre back, uh, centre midfielder. Sorry, what do you think, if anything, Liverpool will do, and what should they be doing in January? Uh, I don't think they'll do much, and I don't think they need to do much. Um, you know, Klopp said last week that you know he's interested in in adding a, an attacker. I think it'd be more likely to be a wide a wide yeah. attacker in kind of the Mane mould rather than an out-and-out centre-forward. Um, you know, I think that's just common sense, really, with losing Ings for the season and then Mane for yeah. a big chunk of the season. I think I asked Klopp about it and he said, you know, January, 
potentially could be the busiest month of the season. With could have two legs of a League Cup yeah, semi-final thrown in. Cup um, replays as well. You had cup replays last year. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think they're looking, but I don't, I, I, from from what I've been told, I don't think it's I don't think it's nailed on that Liverpool will definitely do business in January. I think it's a case of if he can find the right person. Because I think as we've seen from Klopp so far. He's just not remotely interested, is he, in short-term fixes? No. And he's certainly ain't going to be pressed unless it's, into... Unless it's Stephen Corker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the shortest of short-term. Yeah, the shortest well, the tallest of short-term. That was a bizarre one. But yeah, I just don't... You, when you look at... You know, you go back to the summer and, you know, as we touched upon earlier, people saying, you know, you've got to sign a left-back, yeah. you've got to sign a holding midfielder. And he went, no, no, don't, yeah. don't need to do that. So he's, uh, he's, it's not in his nature to just suddenly, suddenly splash the cash and bring in a couple just because he can't. Um, but I think the positive thing is, the, you know, the, the money is clearly there to spend because he returned the profit last yeah. summer. So I think in previous years, it's quite often been the case under FSG that you kind of knew Liverpool were going to do nothing or next to nothing in January because everything had been spent the previous summer. Because speaking to people at FSG, they used to say they want the new signings to have a full season to bed in rather than than spending midway through the season where, you know, I think Tom Werner said it in an interview in the Echo last year that he said January's not a very good time to buy. You know, you, yeah. d- you don't get good value. There's not great availability. Um, but, you know, yeah, I think I think if Klopp can find the right one, you know, he might add one in January and then outgoings-wise, you know, Sacco would be the, the most obvious one. You know, you'd, uh, you'd imagine that the pennies probably drop with him now that, that there isn't a way back for him at Anfield. His comments in France suggest that it has, doesn't it? I think he said he's 99.9% sure, I believe. And yeah, I think, yeah. you know, I, I, can, I can kind of understand at the back end of the summer window why he stayed because... You know, if you were him and you looked at it and you thought, well, hang on a minute, it wasn't that long ago that I was I was starting against yeah. Dortmund in the quarterfinal of the Europa League and one of the heroes that night. And he probably looked at it and thought, well, hang on, Matip's new to English football. Who knows how he's going to get on? Lovren injury prone, he misses misses quite a few games. But you know, I think I think what three three months further down the line, he'll know now that what is he's probably sixth choice centre half at the moment and that, behind you yeah and that, that's not going to change anytime soon so yeah he, he has to he has to leave for for his benefit really because he's, he's, his career is going nowhere at the moment yeah. Christian um, if you talk about another Christian uh, in Pulisic who's obviously been linked in the summer I know you're a aficionado of the Bundesliga you've well you've got BT Sport got BT Sport <laughs> you know, BT Sport good as anything I'm your bird work tonight <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, well, there you go. That, that's the only channel he watches during the night as well. Um, I should stress. But Christian Pulisic, then, regardless of you know, we know it's going to be difficult to get him out of Dortmund any any time soon, let alone January. But in terms of the type of player, what's is he the right the right sort he, of profile he, player? He sort of it, he, I think if you're sort of talking about the, someone who can be an alternative to Mane, but also you know, flit across the front three, I think he's he's exactly the sort of player that after he's quick, he's. I mean, I'm not saying he's he's, he's Messi in his style, but it is you know in his Lionel Messi, talent, is. Lionel Messi, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Lionel Messi. I'm not saying he's Lionel Messi in his style, in his talents at the moment, but in in the way he carries the ball, he's but he's strong as well. He's 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 got a good sort of. I was going to say this, he's got a good American physique on him. You know, I'm not yeah. saying you know he's not Hulk Hogan. But, uh, <laughs> dropping, shame. Dropping, he's not messy or Hulk Hogan. He's not messy or Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him. What does that leave? <laughs> dropping leg drops on uh, Augsburg defenders. Yeah. Oh, he's um, but he's he's that sort of player. It, you know, it'd be good if they got him in January. I think he he's the exact type. I don't think he will. By the sounds of it, it looks like Dortmund are very yeah. much. Yeah, he's, they, he's, they're going to play hardball over this yeah, one because he's, 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 he's a he's a special player. I think, but. 
he's the sort of player that fits the profile for Liverpool, especially in January, because let's face it, Ings is out for the season. Horrible setback for him, but he will be back. You know, whether or not he ever comes back as, as what he was, we all hope so. And then Manny's only gone for a month, so if, I can't see Liverpool spending splashing out on this. You know, yeah. let's say a, a Mohamed Salah or a, or a William, yeah. like in 2013-14, where they were yeah. sort of Conor and Aaron, Conor Conor Plyanka, one, yeah. sorry, yeah, as well, um, where they were Oman and Aaron over these big deals because Manny is the main man for now. So I think it'd be a, a young sort of talented. You know, yeah. player who could flip squad player, squad player, player yeah. basically who, who could become a little bit more, and yeah. well, that's what Liverpool do anyway. Obviously, we know the monitor and Sardar as Moon. If that's yeah. how you say it, the Rostov player. Sure, they'll get in touch and tell us how yeah. to pronounce that one. Please do, Sardar. Um, <laughs> but it's that sort of that sort of player, isn't it? Where they can come in. Obviously, they can maybe do a job until January, but the the the, the main goal is to basically you know get get better yeah. sort of as a squad player. Don't necessarily. This is not. And you know, this is just what I, you know. I, I, I wouldn't if I was club. I wouldn't be ruling out a, a short-term loan deal either if that couldn't happen. If they couldn't bring in a young sort of progressive player, uh, I'd be looking at a short-term loan deal, like a, let's say a Blazikowski or someone like that. Obviously, he's yeah. worked with him before, not really getting his game at, at um, Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg, so something like that. But yeah. I think ultimately that the the ideal signing will be like a Pulisic or yeah. an Asmoon. And Joe, then the the ideal aim would surely be to replicate what's happened in the summer because I think if you look back at past transfer windows and the complaints that came after mm-hmm. those and the, the inquest, if you like, this summer could well go down as one of the best Liverpool have Definitely, best yeah. been involved in. Who would, who would have thought that, you know, when, yeah. when, the, the, uh, when, dead, when it was deadline day and everyone was kicking off, yeah, you know. I think, um, I think the most important thing in January is just to keep things together and to keep a happy squad. You know, I always think that one of the worst decisions Liverpool ever made was Keane, Robbie Keane, in, in January of 08 09. And not, not because they bought him in the first place, because they, they just yeah. they sold him too quickly. You've just got to keep players in the squad happy like that. And he could have scored another, whatever, five yeah. goals, and you could be talking about a title. You know, someone like Sturridge, for example, you yeah. can't allow him to get unhappy and want to force to any sort of move. I'm not saying he would, but, you know, if, if he does get to the stage where he thinks, well, I'm not playing enough football. You don't want him to sort of start agitating. You want to you want to keep a squad happy, and yeah, I think maybe a young player or a short term fix um, if if need be. But we've got Shea Ojo as well. You know, he's yeah, going to yeah, come back as well. Yeah, he's back in training as well, isn't he, James? Yeah, yeah. yeah. People like Ajaria, you know, yeah. starting to get more games, and you know, who's to say that he won't be more involved by the time you come into January? So, yeah, I think it's just to keep a happy squad and keep the momentum. It's all about momentum now, isn't it? Yeah, scored scored today, Jaria for the uh, England under twenties as well. A so. Scrappy one. Yeah, well, you know, Go they all count, count Joe. Yeah. You know that as well as anyone. Both ends the pitch. Exactly. But yeah, no, I mean that, that's another positive from the season, isn't it? I'm sure we'll discuss that at a later date. The the young players, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot now. I'm gonna gonna ask. We we'll say the next time the international break rolls around, which I think is March. Um, Will Liverpool still be in the in the title race? Will they still be in the picture? Yeah, they'll certainly be in the picture. Whether they'll still be top or not, I'm not sure. But yeah, I think I think it'd be Liverpool. I think I think I think it will turn into a three-horse race with with Liverpool, Chelsea, and City. Yeah. Oh God, you've got Arsenal fans throwing keyboards. Ars- at this, no, Arsenal will do an Arsenal. They're like <laughs> <laughs> they always they'll be pretty till about January time, and then yeah. Yeah, they'll implode. Have a bad just, week. Just because you only have to see. I think the big difference between Liverpool, like. Klopp could have two or three defeats now and you still wouldn't have a word really said about him by yeah. proper Liverpool fans who go to the game. 
whilst you, you guarantee if Arsenal had two yeah, or three bad results, they'd yeah. be demanding his head again. And and I think when you're that close to to like what is now known as a crisis in football or whatever, I just think I, I think now Arsenal will definitely have a bad spell that will that will cost them. Ozil's only a good player for two thirds of any season, anyway, isn't he? You know, Sanchez out for six weeks. Yeah, absolutely written so off. Yeah, this is going to be getting played in May. Yeah. Get, get your money on Arsenal. <laughs> yes, absolutely. As for that coat, Wenger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, on on that note, on Wenger's coat, I think we should finish this uh, this podcast up. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening, even during the uh, the barren week of international football. And um, we'll be back next week with more. Hopefully. Uh, looking ahead to another uh, big Liverpool performance against Southampton.